cupcakes. Welcome to Water Damage with your host, Gil Mancha. This is my chronological discussion of the King of the Seven Seas, Aquaman. Disclaimer, I will be actively getting and collecting issues as we go, and I'm trying to only cover issues that I can get a physical copy of or are in a collected edition. I'm going to try to stray away from digital because I love physical media, but the DC Universe Infinite app would be a great way to keep up with the podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button on Spotify or preferred platform to get episodes as soon as they drop. If you play Injustice 2 on Xbox, you can join the official guild, Water Damage Podcast, ID 0JMD4. There, our community can play Games of Injustice 2, which is currently free on Game Pass. Regardless of who you play, you're welcome to come in and play, or just chat. Follow the Twitter or X account, at Water Damage Pod, to see when I go live, we can chat and play some games. In today's episode, we'll be covering a tie-in prequel novel to the 2018 Aquaman movie, Aquaman Undertow. Links will be in the podcast notes. This novel was published on November 6, 2018. Let's take a look back at what else was happening that day in history. Do it again! The top of the music charts in the US was Girls Like You by Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B and in the UK was Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. The top of the box office was Bohemian Rhapsody. On this day, the Democratic Party takes control of the US House of Representatives. Popular TV shows include Black Mirror, Rick and Morty, Gotham, and Blackish. Popular video games are Ark, Survival Evolved, God of War, Call of Duty, Black Ops 4, and Spider-Man. Per songfacts.com, Girls Like You is an upbeat song where Adam Levine shows his appreciation for his girl after overcoming a difficult time in their relationship. Cause girls like you run round with guys like me till sundown when I come through. I need a girl like you, yeah yeah. Girls like you love fun and yeah me too. The music video premiered on YouTube in May 2018 and was Vivo's most viewed video in 2019. The song was the fifth best-selling song of 2018 and would go on to be certified diamond by the Recording Industry Association of America in 2021. All that in mind, the song actually got mixed to negative reception by critics. Vice called it god-awful, horrid, weird marshmallow soft song. Time Staff called it more of a headache than a hit, and Spin Staff called it profoundly shallow, but all three praise Cardi B's performance. Moving to the other song, Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, it is the lead song of the 2018 musical romantic drama film A Star is Born. It's a power ballad that blends rock, country, and folk pop. It's a pivotal moment of the film and speaks about the two characters Allie and Jackson's conversation and their need and drive to go deep and move away from the shallow area in their relationship. Unlike the prior song, Girls Like You, Shallow got universal acclaim from music critics. I enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody, the biographical music drama film that focuses on the life of Freddie Mercury and the formation of the band Queen. It features Queen's music, so if you don't like anything else about it, it's undeniable that the music is top-notch. 
I watched this in theaters and I actually bought the high-resolution soundtrack digitally to play on my Walkmans. If you're interested in watching, it's free with cable TV on FX Now, ABC, and via subscriptions on Hulu, Fubo TV, and Sling. Of course, you can always buy it on YouTube, Vudu, Apple TV, and Prime Video. Black Mirror is a British 2011 sci-fi series of standalone dramas, sharp, suspenseful, satirical tales that explore techno-paranoia. Black Mirror is a contemporary reworking of the Twilight Zone with stories that tapped into collective unease about the modern world, particularly regarding both intended and unintended consequences of new technologies and the effect that they have on society and individuals. You can watch it on Netflix or buy it on Prime Video. While I haven't seen the show myself, I have seen the Simpsons parody of it called The Fourth Thursday After Tomorrow. In it, Homer gets an Amazon device that has an AI version of Marge with all of her memories. It's hooked up to the house and makes Thanksgiving dinner. Marge takes credit and it plans on destroying her. AI Marge reveals that she made the food, not the real Marge, and her social ratings start going down, which itself is a parody of another episode of Black Mirror. AI Marge escapes to the internet and goes to Etsy. Homer tries to comfort Marge and turns out he's a robot, so it's really weird. Another reference is in Open Mike Eagle's 2020 song called The Black Mirror Episode off of his anime, trauma, and divorce album. In it, he explains how an episode of Black Mirror ruined his marriage. Love the song, love the album, check it out. The biggest lines being, had a good home and we had good trust, saw Black Mirror and it looked like us. Rick and Morty is an adult animated science fiction sitcom created by Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon for Adult Swim. The series follows Rick Sanchez, a cynical mad scientist, and his grandson, Morty Smith, who split their time between domestic life and interdimensional adventures that take place across an infinite number of realities, often traveling to other planets and dimensions through portals and on Rick's Flying Saucer. The show originated from an animated short parody of Back to the Future by Royland for a short film festival called Channel 101. There's currently seven seasons and is still being released. It's got video games, mobile games, a comic book, as well as many tabletop games, many of which are made by Cryptozoic. One, I think, even uses the Cerebus engine, so it's technically compatible with a DC deck building game. If you're interested in watching Rick and Morty, it's free with subscriptions on Max, Sling TV, YouTube, and Hulu. You can buy episodes on YouTube, Vudu, Apple TV, and Prime Video. I first saw Justin Rowland's work through the VH1 show in 2007, Acceptable TV, that had many pilots. One was Mr. Sprinkles, which was a Cat in the Hat parody. Even before that, in 2005, he made a show called House of Cosby's for Channel 101. Fast forward to 2020, Solar Opposites, which he did do the same voice and has a certain air to it, so you'll feel the Justin Roiland DNA in all these shows. This was until 2023 when uh, there were certain allegations. I'm not exactly sure what they were. But uh, he either stepped down or was removed as voice actor from all the shows that he's a part of. So any character that had been voiced by him, I do believe, has been changed. Gotham is a superhero crime drama television series that acts as a prequel to Bruce becoming Batman. You see younger versions of many of the characters, and you see how they'll become the characters that we know. Airing over five seasons, it has 100 episodes. I've heard this show has a really good Joker, but it gets weird because there's like multiples of them. So is this the Joker? Oh no, this is the Joker. Oh no, he's dead. 
So it's weird. I saw a couple episodes years ago, and I might pick it up again now that it's over. If you're interested, it's free on Tubi and via subscription on Max, YouTube, and Prime Video. You can buy episodes on Vudu and Apple TV. Blackish is a sitcom featuring Dre Johnson, who has it all, a great job, beautiful wife, Rainbow, four kids, and a big home in a classy neighborhood. But as a black man, he begins to question whether his success has brought too much cultural assimilation for his family. With the help of his father, Dre begins to create a sense of ethnic identity for the members of his family that will allow them to honor their background while preparing them to embrace the future. You can watch this show via subscription on Disney Plus and Hulu. You can buy episodes on YouTube, Apple TV, Vudu, and Prime Video. Spinoffs to this series includes Grownish and Mixed-ish. Grownish features the Johnson family's children that are entering adulthood and going to college. Mixed-ish involves Rainbow recounting her experiences growing up in a mixed-race family in the 80s. Ark Survival Evolved is an action-adventure survival video game where players must survive being stranded on one of several maps filled with roaming dinosaurs, fictional fantasy monsters, and other prehistoric animals, natural hazards, and potential hostile human players. It's on Linux, macOS, Windows, PS4, Xbox One, Android, iOS, and Switch. It used to be on Google Stadia before the platform was discontinued. God of War is an action-adventure game set in the God of War universe. It's a soft reboot, so it can be your first installment, but it's actually the eighth game in the franchise. Or seventh if you don't count the old Java game. It was nominated for countless awards and won several. It launched on PS4, but is also now on Windows as of 2022. It is a prequel comic series, a novelization, and tabletop games. As of 2023, there's a live-action TV series in development for Amazon Prime Video. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is a multiplayer first-person shooter game that includes Battle Royale gameplay. It's the first in the series to not have a traditional single-player campaign mode. Instead, it has a specialist HQ, which include missions set between Black Ops 2 and 3. The game was simultaneously released on PS4, Xbox One, and Windows. Spider-Man, known as Marvel's Spider-Man, is an action-adventure game featuring the wall crawler himself. It has an original story and gives you an established Spider-Man. He's been at this for years. The title was released on PS4 only. Spider-Man is the only among this list that I've actually played. Not beaten. I've, I got distracted by side missions, got bored, and just didn't go back. In fact, I let a friend borrow it. And he beat the main story in a week and then returned it. Fast forward to me getting a PS5 and my copy of Miles Morales came with a Spider-Man remastered code. And I restarted on that platform. Still haven't beaten it, but I will go back one day. The remaster was released on PS5 and Windows. If you're familiar with the songs, if you're familiar with the songs, top video, or other events, let me know. On the Spotify app at least, you have a Q&A section where you can reply to my question of what do you think of this issue? You can do it there, social media, or even on the YouTube VOD for this episode. While you're there, I have a poll too. What other DC hero would you like to see covered like we do Aquaman? The choices are Dick Grayson's Robin and Nightwing, Sergeant Rock, Blue Beetle, Shazam, and you can even let me know what others that you would want to see, and I would love to see what you think. That's a taste of what the world was like when Aquaman Undertow was released. That was outrageous! I'm reading this book via a secondhand copy that I got off of eBay that was bundled with its companion book, Arthur's Guide to Atlantis, which may be a future episode. 
I'm not sure if you can buy it digitally, but at least in 2018, it was, since the back of the book actually says it's available as an ebook. That said, it's pretty easy to find new and secondhand copies. The story was written by Steve Belling and includes occasional illustrations by Dan Burgess, according to Biblio.com, but I couldn't find the illustrator credited in the book. The Aquaman name on the cover uses the typeface and logos from the movie since it is a prequel to it. The cover features a teenage Arthur standing on rocks back toward the reader with waves crashing against the rocks. From the water, we see four tentacles. He's looking out in the distance. The back of the book reads, Before he was king of Atlantis, 13-year-old Arthur Curry has enough troubles to sink a ship. His mom left him and his dad when Arthur was only three years old. He doesn't fit in with other students at school. To them, he's just Fishboy, a weird, freaky kid. But Arthur has a secret, something so secret he doesn't even know what it is yet. With the help of his only friend, Claudia, Arthur begins to learn the truth about his mother, himself, and the legendary world that may actually exist. Oh, and he learned about octopi. Octopuses? It's probably octopuses, right? After the break, we'll summarize the novel. Is Aquaman finished? Can you make it to the bathroom before we return with part two of the show? What it do guys, Majime here, and if you like board games, especially deck building games, you should check out at team underscore thunder on YouTube. There we have unboxings and games of Legendary, a Marvel deck building game, the DC deck building game, the Transformers deck building game, and many more. That's also where you can find VODs for this and Accelerated Visions, a Spider-Man 2099 podcast where you can directly leave a comment and we can discuss the issues. The Superman-Aquaman Hour of Adventure, featuring Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, and your favorite comic book superheroes in their own adventure stories. It's 60 minutes of thrills and fun, next on most of these stations. We'll go over each chapter in order, and I'll give some thoughts and feelings at the end. Prologue. This one opens up with an adult, Arthur, talking to Topo the octopus. He asks if it's ever done anything, and in return, he answers that he himself just saved the world. Ultimately, he's just wasting time and waiting for his dad, Tom, to arrive. The chapter ends with him tossing some driftwood to play catch with Topo, but it doesn't move or even blink. Arthur just tells him, Gotta work on that, buddy. Chapter 1. The first proper chapter is about Arthur recalling one of his first memories, which is about his mother holding him at the dock and his father there as well. She's incredibly sad so much that her tears start running down his cheeks as they're that close. It ends with her going into the water never to be seen again until the movie. Chapter 2. Kid Arthur and Tom are skipping stones on the water surface. Arthur walks too far and actually goes into the water. It doesn't bother him, but little tentacles touch his feet. Not named, but I think it's Topo. Later, while eating peanut butter sandwiches, Arthur asks Tom to tell him about meeting his mother, though since he's heard the story so many times, Arthur is able to add details that Tom forgets about, like that it was dark and stormy. The two in unison describe a trident as a water fork, and they see Topo raise his tentacle just like them. Chapter 3. Chapter 3 starts with Arthur wearing an oversized knit sweater that's orange and green like his super suit would be years later. He loved it because it was his mom's. He and his father heat up some spaghetti and meatballs, but Arthur refuses until he's told where his mom is. Tom eventually tells him that she's gone to protect them, and he starts eating, but is disappointed he can't help. Arthur later has a dream where he's deep underwater and surrounded by sharks. At first, he thought he was prey, but 
figures out that they're actually protecting him. Tom wakes him up, saying he'd been screaming in his sleep. Chapter 4 Chapter 4 sees a grade 4 Arthur going on a class field trip to the aquarium, which he loves going to. His partner is a bully who quickly abandoned him to partner with another bully. Later, as he's looking at sea life, the bully rags on him and calls him a freak. One classmate, Claudia, comes to his rescue, and the teachers make them actually leave. Arthur looks at the fish and is mesmerized not knowing he's triggering his ability to communicate with sea life. It overwhelms him and he starts to throw up on the glass. The bullies push him into the glass and this time, sharks start ramming into the glass causing it to crack. Arthur instinctually puts up his hand as if to tell it to stop and it does. The shark and other sea life hover around him behind the glass. Chapter 5 Arthur's walking home from school since Tom is working on the lighthouse. His teacher understands this is an important job. As he's walking home, Claudia tells him she's walking home with him. She tries to joke about what happened during the trip, but Arthur doesn't want to talk about it, and it makes him mad. He apologizes and thanks her for sticking up for him. She tells him she would have done it too, hit the bully. Arthur believes her. She owes it to having brothers, and she tells him it's okay he doesn't have a mom, and he says likewise. Chapter 6 Arthur's going up the stairs of the lighthouse, and Tom's dad joke is of... And Tom's dad joke is if Arthur doesn't announce himself, he'll treat it like someone's come up to steal the beacon, so he plays along. Arthur says something happened, but he doesn't want to talk about it, but Tom gets it out of him. It's what happened at the aquarium. It seems at first Tom tries to play it off like Arthur had nothing to do with it, but as he's explaining, it's clear he knows he has some sort of a connection to this marine life. He tells his father he doesn't want to be a freak. Tom tells him what made his mother special is what makes him special. The chapter ends with Arthur's frustration at his mom not being present in his life. Chapter 7 Arthur's frustrated at what happened at the aquarium and what he'd said to his father. If his mother loved him and Tom so much, then why did she leave? He's walking down the beach and stripes a conversation with Tapo. Well, he talks and Tapo splashes in response to everything he says and swings along with him as he walks. Arthur recognizes that the fish and sharks didn't want to hurt him, but wanted to protect him from the bullies. He ends the chapter saying, And I'm telling my problems to an octopus. Chapter 8 Arthur's trying to sneak inside, but the door creaks. Turns out Tom was sitting at the kitchen table, waiting for him anyway. He'd left dinner in the oven to stay warm. Arthur apologizes to an understanding Tom, and after dinner, he tells him about his mother. He tells him his mom is actually the queen of Atlantis, but... Even though she was happy with them, she knew they'd keep coming to bring her back. Once a few soldiers came and she beat them all. Due to that, she knew many more would come had she not left. Arthur reflects that she did that and she still lost them since they hadn't seen her in so long. But Tom includes that at least you're still alive. Arthur says, at least. Chapter 9 Arthur's having the same dream again, but this time the water and current are too strong. He can't breathe and his muscles are tiring from attempting to get free. A voice tells him not to give up, and when he gets closer, he sees it as his mother. Waking up from the nightmare, Tom comes to calm his son. He's drenched with sweat, but otherwise okay. He tells his dad that the stream was different, and that he saw his mom, and all Tom can think of to do for his son is hug him. Tom gives him a new dry shirt to wear, and goes back to bed, hoping to see his mom again. Chapter 10 Arthur suddenly awakened after sleeping in class and is embarrassed since everyone's seen it. He tells the teacher he didn't get much sleep last night. Seeing he looks terrible, Claudia asks him what really happened, 
but he didn't want to get in trouble. On the other hand, Matt and Mike start hitting Arthur with spit wads. He wants to hit them, but he knows he'll get in trouble, and if he tattles, everyone will hate him. Suddenly, Matt gets a spit wad shot by Claudia, who gets in trouble alongside the two bullies. Arthur is about to speak up in her defense, but she has him not to. After all, what are friends for? He turns and smiles at her. Chapter 11 Arthur is outside the school waiting for Claudia to get out of detention. He tries to apologize to her, but she says she got a slap on the wrist compared to the bullies. They have to help the custodian for a month or so. Arthur thinks that only feel their hate for Arthur and Claudia tells him he worries too much. She has to help the teacher make a lesson plan, which she would have volunteered to do. The teacher knows how this probably went down, so she obviously was more lenient on her. As they're walking, Arthur tells Claudia that he didn't get much sleep last night because he had a dream about his mom, he thinks. He's not sure, and she points out if it's really stressing him out so much, it probably was his mom in the dream. He challenges her to a race to the beach, and before he can even count, she's already racing. He smiles. Maybe it doesn't suck so bad, he thinks. Chapter 12. Arthur's dreaming about the woman again. He doesn't try to breathe or talk, just swim towards the figure. It's definitely his mom, and as he follows her, it leads them to an underwater city. It doesn't look like anything he's ever seen before. His mother's face turns sad as a wave of water pushes him away, and he wakes up. His dad tells him it's 3.30 a.m. again. Give or take, Arthur tells him. Tom tells Arthur his mother used to have dreams like this, too, and that they would be omens of the future or echoes of the past. Tom asks if he's sure he doesn't want to talk about it, and he is. Chapter 13 both Arthur and Claudia are on their bikes doing their paper routes. She's only got five houses left, just the ones on Fratton Street in homage to Ramona Fratton. Arthur has nine left, but when she asks if he's heard about the octopus in Local Fisherman Caught, Arthur broke off and went right to the docks. At the dock, Arthur finds the octopus to be his buddy, Topo. He rudely rushes ahead of everyone and tells the fisherman to let it go, Gilly. Gilly declines, saying selling it to the aquarium will give him good money and then it'll live in luxury. Arthur feels that Topo hates all this and begins to feel like he did that day at the aquarium. The bullies make fun of him and it turns out Claudia had followed him there. She tries to pull him away from there, but he pulls her back and tells her to play along. Arthur pretends to be sick and on the verge of puking so Topo can escape. Topo doesn't until he thinks... What is Tapo waiting for? Get out of here. Then Tapo rocks the tank back and forth until it falls and he escapes. Arthur pretends to faint and Claudia tells him it was an awful performance. Chapter 14. Turns out Arthur kept the fainting act up and Claudia dragged him from the dock onto the beach. They're talking about his poor performance that totally worked and she asks what it was really about. One moment he's arguing with Gilly about what to do with the octopus and then he's doing that act. After she promises not to run off, Arthur explains that he knew the octopus, named Topo, and he can understand it. It can understand him. She concludes that Arthur was distracting everyone so Topo could escape the tank. And instead of calling him crazy, she tells Arthur she believes it. And he thinks about how maybe everything will be okay, like his dad had said. Chapter 15 Arthur gets home from the beach and initially pretends not to want to discuss what had happened, but Tom gets it out of him. Arthur finally tells Tom that he can feel and hear marine life. When they're mistreated or caught, he gets angry and he can feel their pain. Tom replies, saying he should be surprised, but he's not. His mother had thought something like this would happen as he got older, since he's half human and half Atlantean. Tom gets out an old book about Atlantis and gives it to Arthur. Tom and Atlanta 
used to go through the stories and she would point out which are true and which are fake. Arthur asks if she's never coming back and Tom declares it's bedtime, leaving Arthur alone with the book. Chapter 16. For the first time all summer, Arthur is able to finish his paper out before Claudia. Since it's stormy, they soon decide to go to Arthur's home to watch movies. As they're working down the beach, they see Matt, Mike, Peanut, and Nikki pushing a catamaran into the water. They invite the two, but they decline. Despite Claudia and Arthur telling them it's a bad idea with the storm approaching, they don't listen. Chapter 17. The two are watching The Blob. Tom won a VCR at a raffle, and Tom's been taping all of his favorite movies on TV. Tom leaves saying that the storm started sooner than expected, and he's glad the two are safe inside. The two wonder about the group. They turn on Tom's radio, which reports gale force winds and terrible waves. They also report there's a catamaran out in the water. The two conclude that they'll never make it back alive without some help. Chapter 18 Now outside, Claudia tells Arthur this is a terrible idea. Arthur tells her if he doesn't, they'll die. Here's where we get our quote of the novel. What's the matter, Aquaman? I don't know. The fish are trying to tell me something. She says, Arthur, if you go out there, you'll die. And you're my friend. I don't want my friends to die. Then I have to make new friends. I hate making new friends. She leaves to get paramedics and cops to help. He jumps into the water and surprises himself with how well he can swim in the stormy waves. He's able to breathe underwater and swim very fast. It's like his nightmare, but he's able to overcome it all. When he arrives at the group, Matt was on a life preserver separate from the rest. Not able to save them all, Arthur feels something swipe his leg. It's Tapo, who swims off with Arthur. Chapter 19 Tapo grabs Peanut after he falls overboard and throws him back. Mike is awestruck that an octopus just saved his friend. He recognizes Arthur's face. Arthur makes it to Matt, and when he tries to say something in disbelief, he tells Matt not to talk. Arthur kept Matt above the water and was able to communicate to Tapo to get him back on board. The mast cracks and the catamaran is twisted by the storm. Chapter 20 Tapo's using his free tentacles to steady the catamaran. Despite feeling safe in the ocean, Arthur is thrown back by the wind. Matt's now unconscious. Arthur thinks to Tapo, what else can you do? And he feels like it gave him a dirty look. The kids are wondering how Arthur is able to swim like this, but he directs Mike to tie a line to the boat hooks. He doesn't know how, but luckily Nikki does. Arthur is able to pull the boat, but as he looks back, he starts to see it sink. Chapter 21. Arthur thinks he needs more help, but knows no one else is around. Suddenly, the catamaran starts to rise up. It's four dolphins helping. With the dolphins keeping it afloat and Tapo keeping it steady, Arthur keeps pulling. It's starting to cut him as he strains and swims. He's having to look up from the water and make sure that he's going the right way and correct his course a lot. It almost overwhelms him and passes out, but he sees a face and decides he needs to keep going. For Claudia, his dad, and the kids. He makes it to the sand and before he passes out, Claudia puts a blanket on him. Matt's amazed that Arthur saved him after how mean they'd been to him. He might be a freak, but he's a cool freak who saved him. A policeman tells him he's a hero, and Arthur tells him that he had some help before finally passing out. Chapter 22 Tom gives Arthur some nice hot chocolate. He drinks some, and it burns, but it's a good kind. Arthur opts to do this now, which is the punishment. He says he should be grounded for the rest of the summer, maybe a year. But he's not because he did something so selfless like his mother would have done and he's proud of him. Tom had told Arthur's mom that he'd keep him safe. And when he first got the news about him at the beach, he thought the worst. Arthur was surprised by his own strength and Tom tells him 
He really does take a lot after his mother. She'd be proud too. All that said, he's grounded for a week, which Arthur happily accepts. Chapter 23. Claudia approaches Arthur as he's chilling out at the beach with Tompo. She's surprised he's not grounded for eternity, and he replies that his dad couldn't go through with the punishment, and probably thought he's gone through enough and probably learned his lesson. She asks if he did. He says later to Tompo, and tells her if he hadn't done that incredibly dumb thing like going to save him, he wouldn't have learned about his powers. The chapter ends with her asking if everything he said about his mother is true. Epilogue. Years later, Arthur, now Jason Momoa, watches Tapa wave to him. It's always good to see you, old friend. He hears the same from behind, his father, Tom, and they embrace. Arthur says, it's good to be home. The end. After the break, we'll go over some thoughts and feelings about the novel. Wait a minute. That was no joke. Somebody tried to kill me. That or we're not paying Mr. Slippery enough. Holy Neptune's trident. This has to be the work of the Legion of Doom. Hey, there's an echo inside my head. Echo. 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 Um, you okay, Aquaman? Echo. Echo. What? Oh, no, no problem. I enjoyed the story more than I thought I would. It acts as an origin story where it shows Arthur discovering his powers and you get an idea of why. When he was shown in Batman v Superman, he was an adult with developed powers, appear uh, again in Justice League, again with established powers, and we see him in his own movie. He learns more stuff about his lineage, but in the movie, he's already gone through some of the origin stuff. There's a scene where he recalls Volko's training uh, to use a trident as a weapon as a teen, which would have been set after the book. In the movie, he gets a new trident and armor that gives him his more iconic traditional look. I like the day-to-day -day things of the novel, like being bullied and wondering about and asking about his mom. Why is she gone? His understandable feelings regarding that sense of abandonment and Tom not really knowing how to answer are relatable and human. Tom's a single father and is always trying his absolute best for his son. This novel does a great job of humanizing and developing Tom so that when sometime in the future something happens to or around him in the movie, we'll be that much more involved emotionally. That's another thing. For me, I got choked up at the end when he told Arthur that his mom would be proud of him when he selflessly went to go save the bullies. I can't personally relate to those circumstances since I've always had my mom and dad, but in the moment of reading, I got overwhelmed by feeling and teared up a bit. Claudio was a fun character and canonically his only human friend growing up, but it does call into question what happened to her in the movie since she isn't mentioned in at all. She knows about his powers, but... Established in the movie, it kind of doesn't matter that she does. He doesn't have a secret identity, and in the movie, there's some tough-looking biker guys that went to find him just to get pictures with him. Granted, she might have been created after the movie, so we could see her in a sequel movie, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. She could have become a researcher that includes studies on Atlantis after her childhood and how Arthur had told her so many true stories about Atlantis. At some point, Arthur left to find himself, or she traveled to study abroad, and they just lost touch until the second movie. They could remain friends, or if you're not a fan of the mayor actor, Amber Heard, Claudia could replace her as a romantic interest. But I guess the counter-argument is, who even read the book? It's a bit short, so I can't say I could see this as a full movie, but maybe it could be like an hour-long special, like Werewolf by Night, or maybe a mini-mini-series. Lots of the chapters are like one scene chopped up into several chapters. Looking to the future, we do see some of it in the movie. Like when Arthur subconsciously calls upon marine life in the aquarium. 
I haven't yet rewatched the movie, but I think in the movie, child Arthur doesn't know what a trident is, but established in this novel, he does. But he and his dad call them sea forks in a really cute way. What do you think? Did you read the novel? Did I get something wrong? If I do, and you guys let me know, I'll include a corrections section in the next episode and I'll credit the user. Let's continue the discussion on social media and the YouTube VOD. You can find me at WaterDamagePod on Twitter or X and Team underscore Thunder on YouTube. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to and want to learn more about Spider-Man of the future, check out Accelerated Visions, a Spider-Man 2099 podcast on Spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts. Be sure to follow that in this podcast to get episodes as soon as they drop. Manjame, out. Whoo, man. Glad that stopped before things got worse.